0: boys are back in town, the boys are back in town. Hello and welcome back to A View from the Dugout with uh, myself, Chris, from Surrey on the Budget and I am joined by my co-host, a man who I've not spoken to in person now for uh, some weeks. Uh, It's just been messages because we've been so busy. It's Russ from Scotland Surrey. Russ, how are you, sir?
1: Well, my ears are hurting a little bit after your
0: uh, your little version of... I'm not having that. I've, I've practiced that for uh, about a week. Um, just just that one little bit. Um, interestingly, uh, it's actually a song about a, a gang from Manchester. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. The boys that they're referring to are the Quality Street Gang from Manchester. So there you go. Um, I remember seeing that on a, one of these crime documentaries. So uh, very interesting. They drank in the, the, the lead singer's uh, mum's pub, I believe. So that's where mm. the song came from.
1: Not not so sure I'm uh, so fond of your version, admittedly. Um I don't I don't think James Wade would allow uh you to sing it for his walk on oh, at the, the darts. You never Let's know. Be honest, what would be more entertaining?
0: My singing or Wade in general? I
1: don't know. Everybody loves a left hander though. Come on.
0: Excuse me. Well, there we go on that. And that revelation
1: from. from wow. Us. We should have mentioned it's an eighteen eighteen rated pod. Yeah, now. yeah.
0: we we're 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 back, Um uh, we've got a lot of uh, things to cover off. But first and foremost, we're just gonna just kind of a wee bit of background. Obviously, we've we've had a, a good few weeks. Uh, I think it's more than a few. I, I think we last recorded just before I went to Spain. So there's been a lot, obviously, going on. Um. Time-wise, we've both really struggled to try and match up time, haven't we? Um, you know, yeah. I've I've not been available on some of the nights due to you know obviously having a nine-month-old, and it's it's not really married up. And then obviously yourself with work and um, you know, end of tax years and things like that. You know, it's been it's been particularly busy for you as well. Um, so we have been we have been a wee bit of struggling. So what we're looking at doing going forward is probably moving to a fortnightly podcast for um i think that's what we've we've discussed to try and get ourselves back on track with it Um uh, we well, actually did toy with the idea of just ending it um because you know it had been a few weeks but both our dms do end up filling up with people like when's the pod coming back when's the pod coming back and it's like as soon as we can it was really <laughs> it's really the answer i was able to give um but yeah obviously you messaged me the other day saying look what about trying this so we'll give it a go eh
1: yeah i think um like that we we'd be knocking it out pretty much every every week um the pods um probably for so would be about episode forty yeah like
0: that. I forgot what the episode number was, so I didn't chuck that in at the start I <laughs> think I think it's forty yeah I, think we've done. I didn't notice. Um, yeah. but we've yeah it it was it was just over we've actually missed my anniversary, put it that way, um, I didn't even get a card, which I'm pretty disgusted by, not even a wee cheeky
1: limited card from you, do you know what I mean Disgusting.
0: But anyway, continue.
1: I, I I I would have done in maybe more affluent times. However, that'll be a conversation for maybe later.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been uh, you know, like you say, a bit of a process, and that's what we're looking at doing now is moving to this kind of this kind of fortnightly uh, one. We'll probably try the recording on the Sunday or on the Monday night, um. So it'll be out early part of the week. We'll see how that works. It'll probably be Monday night recording out for a Tuesday morning, um, and that way it'll keep everybody up to date with what's going on. Um, I think coming into the summer, obviously, I think we would probably struggle a wee bit for content, as we discuss, you know, a lot of time we do discuss a lot of kind of Scottish-based news and things like that. And the league's going to be finished, and, you know, there's only five games left in the Scottish Premier League now. So, you know, realistically, that's looking at, what, five weeks worth of content, Russ, and then we're kind of like, right, okay, Um, we'll be looking at J League in America, and that's kind of... All. Um, So yeah, I think that's probably wise that we kind of look at that. And if anything big happens, you know, any big announcements, we could do a breaking news episode, a bonus, a bonus half hour, or something like that.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, What we didn't want to do was just basically be jumping on and recording for the sake of recording. I think you know we've mentioned that a few times that we try and be responsive uh, and reactive to things that come out in the world. So there, we also like to try and put ideas. I think, ahead of time as well, that maybe the powers that be who do decide to listen when they decide to listen um, can maybe sometimes take on board and at least take a different viewpoint. Um, so, yeah, I think for, for, for me, and I know we kind of joked about it, about, I suppose, maybe just saying, you know, we'll, we'll maybe reduce content levels and things, et cetera. However, yeah, I've had quite a few, quite a few re- requests, which was quite heartening and quite nice to read and quite a lot of people, both Messenger and, um, Twitter coming and saying are you doing any more work are you doing any more episodes it's, it's nice to know that when you are doing it that we're getting listened to but obviously we, we know we are based on the, the figures and the, the Apple and the Spotify charts and things but yeah. there's been quite a obviously quite a few things now happened um, over the past five, six weeks which we can probably t- touch vaguely on some but obviously on the more recent stuff we can look at it in a little bit more depth in this episode yeah. but I also think that we wanted to maybe freshen things up slightly. And I know that probably our format, I think, Chris, and this is, you know, this is me speaking to you first time. This isn't obviously, you know, a preamble or anything like this, but, um, you know, we're looking at obviously trying to keep the podcast fresh, keep sort of uh, new content coming up, but maybe just come up with a few ideas and things as well. I quite like, and this is totally off the cuff and this will fling you, I quite <laughs> like the idea of um, probably in the, in the new season, um, doing some sort of in the new European season I should probably say doing some sort of like uh, like what they did on Top Gear where they do the fastest lap uh, with it, with like a third party and I like the idea of maybe a third person uh, popping on the show for five minutes they're up against both me and you um, and we have some sort of like I don't know, leaderboard or whatever. It could be maybe just, you know, like a game week challenge, highest points, blah, blah, blah. And every yeah. week we've got the opportunity, I suppose, maybe me and you, where we can increase our points, but we can see if anybody can beat us in a in a one-week, uh, some sort of cap challenge or something.
0: Sounds fun. So I thought you were going to go with like the old top year challenges where we were going to go to Outer Mongolia and try and find our way back or something, using only severe profits, which would be, Difficult, I think would be <laughs> we would be setting his, pop- broth. setting his poppers on the corner. Actually, do you know what? See if we could actually do something like that we had a day at our broth. And we could only get back by speaking to people about Syria and trying to I don't know, we could figure something out. That'd be that'd be kind of fun. Um, yeah, you know, but do you, like, do you
1: take Ethan on your bus?
0: Yeah, <laughs> excuse me, pal. <laughs> would you you know would you take a would you take a a limited uh zach rudden for this trip please um but yeah no i'd be i think we could definitely put a few things in there if anybody's got any ideas drop them on our dms um serere on the budget or uh, scotland serere or the main pod account um at avftd pod and obviously we could discuss things on there as well Um, just a little bit of background in terms of obviously i posted up a little bit um just before, I'm also conscious we're actually recording this on Sunday. We've only got a few minutes before the alarm goes off on on our phones for this emergency alarm test nonsense that's going to be going on. So um, if we suddenly break mid sentence, <laughs> that's the reason why. Um, but yeah, there's obviously been a lot going on. I uh, personally, obviously, I got uh, I got engaged today. We, we went away on holiday, and the, within a couple of hours, we got some horrific news, and we've just had a lot going on. Um, it's been a it's been a very busy time, and. You know, I know, obviously, we touched on, obviously, you've got, you know, your job being the end of the end of financial years and stuff. It's been a really tough time for you uh, work wise and time wise. So there are reasons, you know, at the end of the day, although it's easy to be, you know, active on Twitter and putting out tweets and stuff like that, that's because it's 140 characters. It takes you like, you know, you're firing out a text. That's basically all it is. But to find the time to sit down for an hour and a half and discuss things, you know, before we start recording, then when we record... It's not it's not easy. It's not easy to try and find that time. It really isn't. And that's why I'm still struggling to get the videos done. Things like that. But that will come back in time. Um and hopefully we can maybe even get some joint videos done or put the podcast up. Um that kind of thing as well. So there are there are things like that, that we're, you know, that we're looking at moving forward. So uh, we just felt like it was, you know, we kinda of owed it to people just to give you a wee bit of wee bit of background on that, eh? So totally, totally. and I think just one thing just following on from that, obviously I had my I don't know if we'd call it a toys at the pram moment russ it's pretty close to it um but um obviously i posted up a little bit that i was taking a step back from doing the content because you know i felt like we were being treated differently from other content creators couldn't get something simple done um wasn't getting answers from things and it was a wee bit frustrating and obviously i posted that up and then things changed a little bit to to some extent obviously i've you know, with the the private MLS league that's been running, uh, you know, being supplied weekly prizes and things like that from Siree, which was massive, and things like that. But I think you know, it, it's only been a to to one of us at the moment that hasn't come back to you yet, uh, which I was told it was going to. So we'll see where that comes. But it, one of the good things that did come from that was that the the podcast and not the podcast, sorry, the, the MLS private league ended up becoming more of a community thing because. Guys were firing in, you know, big big accounts and um, sending over rare cards to using it. Now, two of them have got long term injuries now <laughs> and are out for the season. <laughs> but they're still there as prizes. He'll be back. He's not dead. Um, there's things like that that have happened, but. Um, nonetheless, you know, it's it was good to actually, it actually felt like the old times when we had an old community where it all seemed a lot more positive rather than opening it up and me having to press a mute button on somebody that just moans relentlessly. Um, it felt like, we were like old times with that, but now we're, you know, we're still getting, uh, still getting back on top of things with that. But the MLS League's been running. Um, I've been doing dreadfully in it. I think I was 800th or something or 808th out of 1300. So, Way to go me in my own league leading the way. Um but it's it's been it's been fun just to see that. And obviously, as I say, there did pop up with the prizes for it. There's also two MLS tickets for the winner overall. Um and if you're not in America, I can get them switched to Premier League tickets instead. So um there are there are good prizes there for that. But it would be good to see that filtering over at you as well, Russ, to be perfectly honest. Um but obviously I know that you've not been able to be on as much and doing as much because of the things we've just spoke about.
1: Yeah, I think um, I'm, I'm aware that obviously I'm a, I'm a national, um, you know, a national league uh, Twitter account as well in relation to, you know, if you don't like Scottish football or you don't <laughs> like Scotland or maybe you're, I don't know, England, Wales, Ireland diehard and kind of objective to me. Um, it's it's actually genuinely something that's been kind of on my mind for probably the most part of 2023 obviously i I used to do other things um in relation to some other football competitions and quizzes and things and i had another sort of sort of more substantial social media account and then i created scotland surveyor based purely on the surveyor and then i slightly adapted it to include statistics and things but i have been conscious that maybe it's slightly restrictive for me um and the fact that as i say if there's no interest in scotland people will just bypass my content to an extent Um, I do try and obviously specialise in, along with the play sharper lineups that I do, try and give as much Scottish-related content as possible. But sometimes there's content that I want to make and I kind of feel as though I'm now held, you know, I've held it back or I'm holding it back. So I, myself, I'm not 100% sure in which direction um, to take, you know, the whole Scotland's the Rare thing. Will I continue to do it under that or will I just go under my own name um, and just, you know, with, something in the bio about specializing I'm not sure I've I've got a few decisions to make on that but yeah, yeah it's it's one of those things like everything else um I feel any anybody that's making content right across the board um whether you listen to their things whether you watch their videos whether you just read their documents visit their websites and things like that um, that's all beneficial to Soraya um it would be nice to see Something coming back. I, I'll be honest. Uh, Scotland, so as a as a person, me in the initial days, I had lots of communication things, etc. But as a an actual in relation to being able to give away anything, I give away is like it's from my own pocket, which is. Yeah. Slightly frustrating um, just for me in the terms that I see lots of other people um, that haven't done very much content or they've just done it over the, sp- <laughs> the space of the last like six weeks, but they've got maybe 8,000 followers coming along and getting goodies left, right and centre. I don't want anything for myself. I want to make that really, really clear. I don't want anything for myself. But if it was something that I could give away to the community that's supported us since day one, um, then it would be that would be fantastic. But I'm, I'm not going to go cap in hand to Serere. Um they do follow me on a you know, on the social handles and things and stuff. But I, I am aware that I haven't had much time this year to put up lots of things. So maybe, maybe if I'm a bit more active, maybe they'll take notice and maybe I can get something, something myself, filtered into the community. Hopefully, in line with maybe a Scottish league. If they do a, you know, the common cards and do a league, uh, I'll yeah. maybe run a like a Scottish one, just in the way that you've done the MLS one. I'll maybe do something similar. We could maybe even
0: look at trying to see if we could run one. Um, even in limited, because it's the, especially just now, the cards are so cheap um, which we'll come to, but they are really cheap and people could pick up cards and actually participate in a paid league as such, um, or even if it was you know, we could figure something out, I'm sure we could, but yeah we're going to have a look at that um, but yeah, let's let's have a let's have a little look at what we're going to look at going forward then well that was the alarm folks <laughs>
1: Mine
0: has not even gone off. Oh, Mine has gone off at uh, two fifty nine there, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, I had my phone in my hand, so you're actually able to mute it immediately. So there is that at least. Uh, but, but yes. So uh, sorry about that, folks. We obviously had the the alarm go off there in the middle of the pod. So I, I tried to pause it, but it was uh, it actually went off one minute early on my phone. So. Let's actually get to the meat and bones of the podcast, Russ. We'll stop our preamble. Let's actually talk about some severe stuff. Um, obviously, they launched, uh, what was it, the early part of last week where they put out the uh, football product roadmap uh, updates. Uh, four yeah. days ago, it says in the article here. So, yeah, a few days ago. Quite right. Uh, and So it gives us some sort of guidelines as to what to expect uh, in the coming weeks and obviously over the three months. Um, so we'll just kind of, you know, go through these kind of maybe one by one. We can also share our thoughts on them um, and see see where we're coming up from uh, from each of them. So first one, um, they they got the new license with the J-League, which I don't think was ever really in jeopardy, to be honest. I think it's probably just a case of getting the new paperwork in place and, and what have you. So the new J-League uh, season cards are going to be coming out just shortly. Um, they are... Uh, they haven't launched on the market yet, that I don't think. Um, but they are coming, um, and they've got the new designs. Which I've got to say, I really like the new cards this time round. Eh? They the, they do look a lot smarter. Um, yeah. Will you be backing for any G League cards? I know sometimes they've you know served you well, and other times they've served you uh, a big steaming pile on a plate for us.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't. I don't think I'll be you know, chasing down any in particular. Um I've had a few favourites like yourself uh over the a few years we've been playing this now. I still hold uh the Matthias Savio at race card. Um I can't bear it apart with it really. Um he got him hopes up last week, I think got in, uh, sure he's <laughs> 90 points and he's followed it up with like six this week. So like, oh, what's going Jesus. on?
0: I did say um, to you I was like I I, I probably jinxed it because I said to you, I was like, Oh look it looks like he's actually remembered how to play football. Because uh, yeah. that was two weeks in a row he'd had a good uh, good score But oh yeah, error leading our goal Sorry mate, yeah. apologies
1: Thanks for that, that's your fault um, that's No, 100%. just bear in mind, you know I've obviously liked what they've done with the most recent cards The MLS designs and things, I think they're pretty cool They look good, they look the part Obviously it's been quite a transition from the very first cards And then even, I think it was the twenty twenty one twenty two 22 season cards Where, you know, the before the font changed Yes, um, and I now find myself being honest. I actually find myself liking the the font style from kind of you know sort of last season as such. And you know, when I've got a card that's not I kind, of, it often crosses my mind, right? Well, I just you know put my card in and pay a small a small amount just <laughs> so that they look they look the same in the gallery. So yeah. Yeah, I suppose yeah. that's. Um, subconsciously that's the sort of the collectability side of things where you're liking the actual how your gallery looks regardless mm. of the fact that the cards have got the same ability so it's weird how that can play on your mind um but yeah I, obviously I, I have been impressed with the, the the design side of things um both obviously on the cards and some of the things that have happened actually within the, the interface and the platform itself yeah will I be buying any cards The the short answer is Probably, probably not from from the auction. In, in truth, um, I think I have maybe three J League cards in my entire gallery, and I don't intend really to to play uh, Champion Asia over over the summer. It's not really, and I, I can't see me using or going shopping for the rare cards. I'm kind of at peace with the fact. That I think I'm going to play a lower level over the summer, um, maybe just limited, and maybe one rare competition. Yeah, um, and really focusing on Europe. So the J League cards, as good as they may be, I know that there'll be lots of people, certainly from our social medias, that will be very happy and probably be putting their their hands in their pockets, though.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, it's a league that served me well, but likewise, I'm probably looking at mainly playing the limiteds over the summer, um, because I've kind of you know reinvested back into into Europe because the prices were so soft. So I felt I, I felt like I could you know value out of that. So. I'm going to skip to the marketplace update uh, on that one because I think that's going to be a bit more of a meaty one. So we'll just kind of glance over the other ones. Um, the third point on the list was commit to maintaining e-threshold reward amounts and uh, key parts of the gameplay experience, only making changes during select times like transfer windows where we'll notify managers in advance with dates and details. So that's positive. Obviously, it looks like, you know, that that's going to stay uh, in, in place. Um, there was also, now it doesn't seem to be on there, but there was part where it did say about the uh the bonus percentages um being other oh, it's actually in the, the three month plan but they are looking to put the bonus percentages into the cap modes ahead of the European season which is what we expected would happen eventually because obviously it has stifled the market but will come we'll come onto the market but obviously keeping the e thresholds us vital to the platform really
1: it's it's absolutely essential yeah. um I think, and like you say, we're going to cover it in a wee bit more depth, talking about the marketplace, but just the the actual the threshold on on its sort of solitude. Um, it's the whole ecosystem, and we've we've seen that where if you don't have money coming in, um, but there's also the, the the whole perception that when when you're winning threshold, um, and we've obviously gone from sort of thousands of users winning something every week and spending back in the platform to now that becoming, you know, less. I don't know what the percentage is, but it's, it's certainly not even half the amount of people that were winning. Yeah. All that happens is you can't make the changes you want to change without actually putting your hand in your pocket again. And if you're keeping having to do that again and again and again, you then start to question the viability. So for me, the I think one of the things that I didn't see on there, but one of the really good things that I thought was... Uh, a real positive was the increase in the super rare, um, the, the the super rare threshold. Yeah, from a few weeks ago. Yeah, a few weeks ago that came into place, and I think that's a really positive move. As you know, I was trying to to break into the super rare market. It's not going to happen yet, simply because uh, my, my keeper lost his shirt. But I know that certainly. Say if I had the good fortune that my keeper moves on gets a new club and has a real chance of becoming a number one, that's a market I then look at. And that's another, you know, there'll be lots of guys like me that are sitting maybe with three or four outfield cards and either a non-plane keeper or somebody that's lost their shirt. It's not viable, given the fact that the the, the marketplace increased in sort of buying super so It's not kind of viable. But again, the threshold is very, very appealing. So right. it's, it's absolutely essential for the marketplace. And I'm pretty much certain that you will be in full agreement that that's... 100 percent 100 percent there was one thing
0: i had thought about i was going to ask you um what would you uh prefer to see um would you prefer to see a the bonuses coming back or would you like to see the lower threshold come back just hypothetically because it's not happening clearly from from the notes but it's like well, the bonuses
1: the bonuses, the bonuses
0: I think so. over the the lower threshold
1: as in, as in the two o five score.
0: Yeah. So if the two, well, yes. if they had, if there was a flat choice, two o five threshold coming back in, maybe a lesser amount or whatever, but that coming in, or them simply adding the bonuses in, which should, in theory, help more people get up to the to the the higher threshold anyway.
1: One hundred percent for me, adding the bonuses in, and okay. simply my, my argument right behind that is quite simply that if you've been building up a card and i know that the training obviously the training aspect of the game changed and it's now also via the club shop etc but if you've been building up a card for all that time putting it in training then i do feel that it should be rewarded right across all game yeah. modes for me and that that yeah. is simply the reason that i don't think that 205 between five players that's 40 points and i, I don't mean it to be like you know rewarding, sort of med- mediocre to average performance. Mm-hmm. But in truth, f- taking Sarair's side on that, that was too easy to hit. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it was probably, all, it felt almost like a giveaway. You know, it's like every week, you know, you were you just hit the big one, but then you were still managing to get the little one. Um, and as much as people would reinvest that within the platform, no one, let's be honest, no one's withdrawn lower threshold wins on a no, weekly basis. No, no. you're yeah, right, you putting that back in. That's yeah. so. But no, uh, let's um let let's let's go with the bonuses, et cetera. Yeah.
0: No, that's just hypothetical, eh? Because, obviously the ecosystem part of it's been a big problem since that's gone. That has taken away many thousands more who are hitting What would, you, that what, that what would your choice for your
1: own question be?
0: Um I probably um would look at a lower threshold, but maybe at a higher a higher points tally. Say like two two five, for example. Um yeah, as opposed to two oh five, just so it gives an extra thing for people to try and aim at. And it doesn't even have to be the half value; it could be slightly less than that as well. But it's just something that keeps it into the, you know, into the, as we say, the ecosystem of the marketplace. But it's purely hypothetical. It
1: was just, a, just a talking point on that. Do you one. know what? But it's actually a very valid thing, though. Do you know what I think? Like, completely doesn't make sense. <laughs> what, you know, obviously, the when it first came out, there was lots of confusion as to how many points you had to hit and what, you know, what were you were doing with capped and stuff. But would it not have made sense that it was a capped two hundred and fifty mode to hit two hundred and fifty points?
0: Yeah, so you know what I'm, I mean.
1: Just rather than you know cap two hundred and forty, but you you've got to hit two hundred and fifty points. Why would you not align
0: that? You're in why essence you... behind
1: the eight ball, aren't you? Um
0: you yeah. know, if, you, if your players that you're buying in are averaging two hundred and forty points, you have to get something extra out of them yeah. each week to to hit that threshold, which is completely true. It's, and yeah. and obviously. From a business point of view I can get where they're coming from on it. And I, I, I but again I see I see what you're you're coming from on it as well. well. If, it really if your choice went
1: if your choice went through where you did have a ha you know a second threshold but it was higher than the original one that we, we used to play years yeah. ago, yeah. then maybe you capped two twenty, where you you know the team adds up to two twenty, but you have to score two twenty, and then you're capped two fifty rather than the 240, where your team has to hit 250. So you yeah. can get a slightly higher player, uh, sort of a higher calibre of player, but, uh, you know, you, you've you got maybe 10 points extra to hit. So I, I don't know, yeah. our 240 and 240, you know?
0: Yeah, but then again, I mean, I'm putting in a boy that gets 100 points and then getting 125 from the rest of my fucking team anyway. So nonetheless, <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. Um, so the club shop obviously was something that was fully introduced when we were uh, on our hiatus. Um, they're looking at obviously adding like mystery jersey items to the club shop um, at the in-game store where managers redeem coins for rewards um, there was an update on that as well there is going to be other things in there just now it's mainly gameplay things you know where you can you can boost the uh, percentage on your players up by half a percent each time which doesn't seem like much but when you've got a player one of the older cards that's maybe sitting at nine and a half percent that last half percent can take you for Ever. I think I read somewhere it's about two full years to get the yeah. cards up to full XP. Um mm-hmm. so it is, it is a bit of a bonus on there. But again, if you're only playing cap modes like me, for example, it's it's academic. Um but what they have got, obviously you've got your extra bits for doing extra swaps and things like that and your and your uh common teams and stuff like that, which you know it's is helpful and things like that. So there is it's like a work in progress to me. Um and it's one of these things that I would probably say Sereo's slightly guilty of. We we see things released before they're fully finished. Um, And I get that they want to test it, but couldn't you just have a test market where it's only open to X amount of managers and has no real weekly, you know, SO5 impact, but it just gives, you know, that's your test market for it, as opposed to, let's just bang it up and then we'll just put things in as we go. Um, You know, would you not really rather see... You don't see a high street shop opening where four shelves are up, um, and the rest of the store empty. Do you know what I mean? That just doesn't happen. You you wait till the shop's fully stocked before you you open it. That's hypothetical. You know, just me. You know, all of them, But I think I think it's fair.
1: Very uh, valid. Very valid point. So uh, it's um, totally agree. Totally agree. It's like EA Sports releasing FIFA before it's Every year before yeah. it's before it's playable. Yeah, every year, you know, and it's like here's here's bug release two point three, two point four, two point five, and you've only had the game like four weeks and you paid eighty quid for it or something.
0: Why do Why do you think just uh, just on that? I mean, obviously that because we are look, you know, we're we're in a, a digital gaming platform here with a, with with Serena and stuff like that. Why do you think it is that people accept half finished goods? Um, you know, like like you just said there, for FIFA, for example. Multiple patches. every... I mean, it's not even. It's not even multi. I mean, you're talking. I think I don't know if it's like fifteen, sixteen a year at least. Before you know, and it changes the gameplay completely every time it happens. Uh, and it's not just FIFA; it happens with every game. But why? Why has it become acceptable to be sold faulty goods? Basically, <laughs> when did that become a thing? You know, you, you don't. If there's, there's, you only bought a T-shirt and it fell apart,
1: it? you'd be furious. Do you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think anticipation. One new product. By the time that the, the, the FIFA is an annual game, you know, most of the Call of and stuff used to be as well and things. But all these kind of digital products, games, um, there's anticipation. There's kind of boredom with the previous version by the time these come round. But I suppose brand loyalty, um, advertising, all these things that you know, they just hook people in and. Yeah. Pff- I can't, I can't judge these people because, I, you know, I keep saying at my ripe old age, <laughs> you know, i heading closer to fifty than I am to forty, and I, I, you know, I'm still guilty. I bought the the last FIFA, and I bought the latest Call of Duty, and i still, you know, trying and get down with the kids and game and stuff and things. And you know, yeah. you buy the stuff, et cetera. But yeah, I think with Surya, the the difference being with with those, you know, with those games. What's slightly different for me is the fact that there's an element of revenue and cash flow related to those with the club shop. I can't see any sort of relevance to the revenue and the cash flow of the career business. Um, so that's the only thing is that I, d- I don't feel that we, are you know, it's not for me. It's not a massive game changer. You know, I think no. I spoke with some of the guys just uh, in sort of fantasy football league group that that play in they don't, to be honest with you, I don't think any of them actually care if there was no changes to the club shop or changes to the club shop, you know, and I'm just looking here, what's it, mystery, mystery jersey items are come in, and then like you say, there's all these sort of in-game things that can slightly adjust. I've used, um, I've only used the extra trainings so far. Yeah, I, I haven't um, even
0: done the extra changes. I've literally just done the extra swaps. Um, You know, having a smaller gallery, I don't really need, you know, most of my players go into, yeah, going to into, into lineups and things, so I've not really got and actually I've only got one extra goalkeeper that hasn't been in a lineup. So I was only able to put one in anyway. I might need to see about picking up a couple of, you know, super cheap uh maybe even Red Cross uh goalkeepers just to put into that. But
1: do you know what? Does that does that again though, come down to you know, I'm guess, I'm guessing there'll be somebody um somewhere within the sort of advertising promotions market inside of rear etc is that possibly maybe just speaking to the wrong people for opinions on what the you know the community wants as opposed to the working man and and I know that we've got we've mentioned it many times and it's by no means a sort of beef statement or anything like that but we do have two or three different sort of styles or types of content creators and you know I know that we are not putting out, you know, fancy all singing, all dancing graphics and things like that. But I have said that we're common men with common sense. Um, But sometimes the common man, which there's many, many more of rather than the the sort of the the top boys club. um, You know, I think our opinions are generally probably more valid sometimes quite simply because the amount of people that are within the Serere community that are, at the lower end, is going to be much greater. And that the evidence of that is the fact of how many people are playing the game at limited level and at maybe one or two rare teams rather than playing at super rare, unique level. And obviously you need players of all types and all sort of financial resource and all wallets for the whole ecosystem. But, you know, for for me, I'm looking and going, right, okay, mystery jersey items, club tickets, things like that. Well, well that's going to be great if you're, you know, maybe young, single, can jet across the world. You've, you know, got hmm. these resources and things. But is that what the guys that are playing every week? You no, know, I, I feel, and it's just meant to say my opinion, and from some of the feedback that I've got, is that guys just want to have a realistic chance of winning cards or money.
0: Yeah, do you know what? When I've done the giveaways for the mystery jerseys, it's actually been the lowest entered competitions. Um, have yeah. I put up? a mystery box from like Mystique Jerseys or something like that that costs like 30, 35 quid.
1: Yeah.
0: I'll get a tenth of the entries I'll get if I put up a 50p limited card. And that's the God's honest truth. It's a very bizarre thing um you know but it is again it is what it is so yeah we'll wait and see I think that how much that's going to cost in terms of your 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 coins is going to be massive but we'll just wait and see I, I mean again yeah. I, I think we'll probably spending too much time on that one to be perfectly honest the next two are probably going to just be kind of glance overs as well anyway and then we'll get to the meat and bones uh improve social sharing uh functionality so managers can easier share their links to their teams with friends and social media I think that's pretty straightforward. You know, I think that's uh, something every platform needs. Um, and then finally, enhance the manager assistant feature with new educational tasks to facilitate gameplay education and progression. Big one for me, just in the sense that, I mean, I've got one of the guys from work who um, joined just to play the the, uh, the casual league, uh, the, the MLS private league. Um, big FM, you know, football manager, player and what have you. McGaffer's son, um, he's one of the mechanics at work. And when we're talking... Um and he was like, Do you know what, I might actually go and pick up, you know, a few players so I can start, you know, a, a a Scottish team or something like that. But see, then having to try and explain to him, he's like, he's like, can I use them in any? And I was like, well, yeah. I said, like, but you've got a two twenty level, then you've got a two forty, then you've got a two seventy. Oh, and by the way, you can play America, you can play Asia, you can. That's where it starts to get complicated for a new person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There is so many more uh, levels to play at now, and um, I think if it's similar possibly to the way the football manager one comes up now where if you if you're a novice to the game you've got your hover over buttons and it'll tell you exactly what it means and how to enter it and things like that I think that's what the kind of things that they could do with probably clarifying a little bit more
1: Russ 100% and I think if we're also kind of being honest there's loads of the content guys have made and I I know you did some really good work yourself and things there's loads of good tutorials out there across a whole range of different people that have made content and stuff. But in truth, you know, from a from an affiliate perspective, which which we all are, um, you know, you're, you're kind of hopeful, I think, in the main that, you know, you get new sign-ups off the back of that as well. If it's maybe down to Suraya actually producing more um, entry-level content where the sort of content guys become maybe a bit more accountable on as being sort of experts in their field in relation to the teams and the players, et cetera. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of direction that I would, you know, like to see. I I suppose just speaking from my own experience, you know, I kind of pride myself in eight sleep breed football, as, as you know. I, you know, I'm sitting constantly looking at things. I haven't shared near as much as the information I've got to share, just simply, due, you know, due to time. But I think the guys that are out there that are actually – watching all the football, looking at the stats. And, when you you know, you were a, a big one for, you know, ploughing through their data information and screeds and finding, you know, budget players and things and stuff. To me, that is more helpful and resourceful for once you're past that step one of the game, you know, it's like step two to the end. Um, I For me, that's worth its weight in gold more than here's what you do when you press button one on the platform. And... You know, there's a te- there's an element, all the guys, all the big guys, content guys doing it, let's just be honest, they all do it so that they can encourage to hopefully get sign ups into the platform and get a, a small, a very small kickback obviously from Surrear. But if that's with Surrey, that sits more comfortably with me, where that all that traffic and the new entry traffic for, for that purpose is is, you know, dealt with by them. Um it probably maybe, you know becomes a bit clearer rather than the differentials between sort of all the content guys' videos and things that are slightly different. Um, but yeah, I, I you know, I just firmly believe that the guys that are making content that are, that are tipping you with players and teams and things and trends and stuff, I, I just feel that that's a little bit more valuable. So, yeah, that's my take on it.
0: Happy days. No, I agree. So let's get to the marketplace, Russ. Um, now, obviously, as everybody knows, um, the marketplace is... Severely on its arse, really, you know, uh, it's, yeah. it still is. Um, however, one thing I need to try and put into perspective, the prices that things are at just now seem a lot more in line with where they were when I started on the platform. Um, In terms of being able to pick up, you know, a good midfielder for 30 quid or what have you, because you were. I mean, obviously we both did. Um, when we first started we were scrambling about the bottom end trying to pick up players mm. from the J League and from America and things like that so we did, I do feel that some of the rare prices, although they are significantly lower than where they've been significantly lower than where they've been they are more more in line, maybe slightly below but more in line with where they were um, and that's probably to be expected. The bigger one for me Russ is obviously the dramatic drop off in the limited prices which we knew it would eventually happen because the saturation of the cards and everything like that. But again, when they were released, they were never released to be £1,000 cards no. or, or or anything like that. This was supposed to be the entry level. And now it is the entry level. Let's be honest, it is. Yeah. I think I've seen somebody post up, and I don't know that this is verified because I haven't looked into it, but there was one of the accounts that I, I trusted that did post up saying something like There's only there was only 20 cards that were worth over, I think it was £100 or £150 in Limited now. All right um, Bearing in mind, obviously, what a you know what a Messi card or a, a Neymar card or an Mbappe card we're going for, you know, just a just a short period of time ago, um, and now, you know, you can get a, a you can get a, a <laughs> I'm actually looking at it right now. You can get a, a Leno Messi a limited card for 140 quid now. Now, granted, obviously, that's to do with age and things like that, and obviously there's talk of them maybe moving to a non-playing league or moving to another playing league or whatever it might be, but that's much more what it should have been in line with, I think. Obviously, maybe a bit low, but it is in line more with where that should have been as an entry level, um, you know, for people coming out of the platform. With the advent of the thresholds into super rare and things like that, it feels almost like, a little bit like, the limits are now fully the entry level the rares are maybe sliding into where the limiteds were and now the super rares are potentially going to be you know as you said where people that are maybe where we've been are looking at right that's where i need to go now is you know moving up and that seems to be what it has encouraged a little bit of um it hasn't with me i've had expenses and things like that that's why my gallery is a lot smaller than it has been um but that's That's just how life is sometimes, you know. Um, But there are options like that there now. So, you know, to be able to go and build, I mean, I won, what what was I, eighth place or something like that, or whatever it was. I I finished with a a, a team that cost 13 quid in cap 220. I think I finished eighth. And I got that Ivan Tony card, which was like 50 or 60 quid. So it just goes to show that you're no longer needing to plough in hundreds because of these competitions. So that, as a result, obviously has impacted the marketplace. The E thresholds, not being as readily available as we've discussed that's had a massive impact on it because people don't have the funds in game you now can't use your credit card or debit card to just buy off of other managers you can only do that from the auctions and that's had a knock-on effect because there's been times I think it was last weekend I needed an extra card to put in because I thought one of my cards was injured and I didn't have any I didn't have any I had to literally wait on an auction coming around for a player that I could potentially put in. And it was a card that actually cost me a much higher position. So it's one of these things now that, that is really limiting. You know, if so, that was somebody that just, you know, they don't know about crypto, they don't have to go through Ramp or whatever the other one is at MoonPay or whatever it might be. You don't have to go through any of these platforms. You're able to just, you know, simply just use your debit card. So that's gone now. So that option is not there. So that's obviously had a lot of impact on the marketplace pricing, Russ. So I think that's that's probably fair to say. I don't know if you, there's any other factors you want to uh, you potentially, but obviously end of season because you you know the prices are going to come down for Europe because it's end of season. That happens every single year, but the cycle just seems a lot more
1: severe. Yeah, and it's we mentioned it on one of the earlier pods. Um, I want to say maybe around about last October, November, where we both decided to get back involved with limited. So. You know, we'd, we'd obviously, we'd, when Limited came out when it very first launched, I think what damaged the sort of limited market to an extent and what inflated it was there were lots of existing users that knew how to generate funds in F through player sales and obviously were hitting thresholds. And there was this, you know, continual week after week. Guys get in, you know, the 50 quid or whatever like that, and they would just then go and spend it on extras. Yeah, you would just complement your gallery, things like that. Um, limited, obviously, launched, and lots of, obviously, people knew good cards in game, so maybe not your household names and things, so they would no cards, you know, the vannikins of this world, Rob Schoof, these kind of guys that would, you know, normally are Brian Hanans, consistently get, you know, good scores and things. Those cards all inflated in prices. Like you say, there was cards going for four figures, etc. It probably wasn't the new players that were buying those cards in the main. I would think that a lot of those cards were sold to existing players that knew the marketplace and knew how the game operated. Um, We were both heavily involved in Limited at the start and then... I became, uh, certainly I became disillusioned with it, and we've seen the marketplace almost crash, and then it went full circle, where limiteds became quite desirable, and the fact that you could then use your limited goalkeepers in the rare 220 competition, which was a good turnaround, then, you know, so the keeper prices started to rise, um, the threshold, We you know, albeit it's, it's only, what's it, a fiver, but Even that, you know, it was a positive outtake. I've got a couple of friends that have been making lots of um, limited thresholds on, you know, the 240 mode. So that market all got a bit of a boost, but then, and it it just coincides, and I I can't help but thinking that the, the Premiership launch timing maybe has been slightly miscalculated. Obviously, it was so eagerly anticipated, and we thought that there'd be loads and loads and loads of positives which in the main, there has been exposure-wise and marketing-wise, etc. But when the Premiership, uh, the English Premier League um, launched, what happened was loads of people just sold out of their existing cards to get the, the players that they desired that play for their clubs that they support. Um, and that had a massive knock-on effect on the rare market. That was the first thing that, I, that for me that I noticed. Obviously, knocking on from that, there was an element of, I would say, public, um, I wouldn't say disillusioned, but there was certainly a bit of a negativity in the air, just as we kind of came off air the last time, actually. We've not probably been on air and producing content during the period that it was at its worst, but the community felt, I think, quite aggrieved. There was a lot of negativity. It, it thankfully has kind of you know softened now, but the market, there was a lot of people sold up. Um there was new users obviously always coming on but you're not hearing about those because they're new users they're new to the community so they're not the guys that have got thousands of followers or the guys that have got 10 followers or 50 followers or 100 followers on social media so you're not hearing the positive story you're only hearing the negative story yeah. and with that the marketplace i think was affected prime example just a couple of strikers that we both hold or certainly have held you know you're looking i bought lauren shankland for 250 pounds as a rare Kevin Nisbet was just over two hundred. You can probably buy both. I think now for about sixty-five to eighty pounds at the moment each. Um, it is end of season, but I'm also looking and going: Is it feasible to think that I can ever sell Shankland for two fifty again? Maybe, but unlikely. So those are you know based on the limited, uh, the pure volume of the limited market. I can't see there ever been a sort of back to the, the early stage one of value. The rare market I like to think will lift. The certainly the European cards, but it'll not lift like you say to the 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 marketplace that we've seen probably at peak um sort of mid to twenty twenty two. I think we'll maybe see it going maybe slightly higher than when we first joined. Um, but yeah, I think I think we're probably operating at around about maybe 30%. Of, of rare value at the moment, and I think I would like to think that it might go up to about fifty or sixty percent, but not back up to the, the the peaks. Super rare, obviously, with the change in the threshold. Incidentally, good super rare players, I think, have come become more desirable. So, yeah, there's been a. It's positive, negatives, and an element of probably kind of watch the space. I think yeah, Chris, I would agree.
0: I would agree. We're we're in that kind of uh, flux situation now with with the market, and I think. I do think when Europe comes back, we will start to see those prices recover. That's why I sold out my MLS cards. Obviously, got my, my goalkeeper got injured, was out for three months, and I thought, well, you know, screw it. I'm going to have to go back um, to, to the drawing board. Can't afford another goalkeeper. So, But I could afford, I could almost afford two Scottish goalkeepers. Um, so, But what I did instead was I bought one and then I split the rest across. So I've actually sat in my gallery of, uh, I think it's 19, 19 Scottish rares now. And it's it's all good quality players. I mean, I think I've got uh, out of the top goal scorers. I've got about three or four of the top goal scorers in the country in my gallery. You know, especially when you look at goals per minutes, so I've got Nisbet, Shankland, uh, Majofsky, um, You know, it's, there's top top players in amongst that. Um, so I'm I'm quite pleased with that. But yeah, the prices are sore. Um, however, obviously we've discussed this. It is a long term game. So, obviously, I think these the, the two new things that they've tried to put in place that are, one is obviously to support the, the, the entire ecosystem, and one is, um, I think, is to try and help bring the prices up by limiting how many things are on the market, which seems a bit ludicrous to me, but nonetheless... We've got the market fee, uh, marketplace fee, which we discussed in episode one, Russ. Um, yes. It was on the very first episode. Um, Nicholas had done the podcast with Joe Pompliano, the Joe Pomp Show. Uh, look it up. You can go back on Spotify or wherever and find it. And you will see that he did discuss in there about the marketplace fees. Um, it was inevitable that that was going to happen. I was always very surprised that there wasn't one. Because, you know, obviously if we sit and play FIFA, you've got a 5% tax on your sales of your players. I was always astonished there wasn't something like that because you know if they're paying uh, fees for for transferring cards and things like that it was always inevitable. So five percent across the board um, on all transactions starting from the the week of May first. So what's that next week basically? A week, yeah. a, a week Monday. So um, yeah, I'm not surprised by it. But what was what I was surprised by was the number of people who had you know just either think this is ridiculous because for whatever reason, um, or just had, you know, are like, why are you springing on the springing this on us now? But in all fairness, it's been on it's been on the the back burner now for a year, um, and you know if if the auctions aren't making as much money, there was only other one other place that they could start taking money from, and that was from this. So you know, it, it would either probably be a case that your threshold value was going to go down, or this was going to come into effect. So yeah, I haven't seen how it's going to work with uh with trades, for example, Russ. Um, You know, I think it's, I'm not sure if it's only with ETH. Um, So it might be interesting just to see how that, how that plays out. Um, And if people find a workaround, Um, I've seen somebody saying, oh, you might be able to offer, you know, a a nothing uh, limited in with the, uh, with the reward, with it and becomes a trade and it doesn't count. I don't know. I have no idea. I haven't really seen any details on how that's going to work for, for trades there, but in your opinion, Russ, it was something that had to happen or, it, it's maybe. always been on
1: the cards. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm happy enough that it's happened. I fully support and totally understand the reason why it's happened. Um, it, in the other types of platforms that have sadly been and gone, there was similar um, where there was percentage. Did I think it was going to be 5%? I'll be honest and say no. I think I thought it was maybe going to be slightly lower. Um, by that, I thought maybe around about two and a half, three 3%. So again, we'll have to see what the, the knock-on effect is. There's a couple of obvious things that spring to mind that the rare market obviously with the you know the depreciation in the current values of cards, I don't think we'll really know in full. Given the volume of the, the European leagues in comparison to the other leagues, we'll not really know until July and August um the actual effect, I think, on the sort of depreciation figures of the rare cards. But for me I'm looking and thinking right okay there's been quite a kick to the the gallery value like like many people have said though you should only have in the platform what you can afford
0: yeah
1: so I think that's quite an important uh quite an important fact um and what you're comfortable with i just think maybe the 5% might be a little bit high will it mean that instead of say listing at 0.1 where you're getting 0.095 back do you then list at point you know 106 yeah. Yeah. Or one zero five to get to get that um, back. That then theoretically does. If if everyone does that, then it does slightly improve the market, albeit just because people are factoring in for the money that they're actually you know handing over to Siria. If that money is also then reinvested in the game to the user base, then that makes sense um, to an extent. But I think there has to be a positive, a positive knock on. Um, knock-on effect for for the user it, there's been you know from all the announcements that have come out what i look at is, is the you look at the proof of the pudding and all these things are actually costing the user money right now so i think we need something that the user can obviously have a you know have a different take on and say wait a minute either a my cards are starting to increase in value again or b i've got more chance of winning something but if it's just all the negative, then all that happens is it just, you know, it just spirals users lose confidence and it ends up as, you know, just sadly, like some of the other products that have been out there before it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So uh, let's look at the next uh, topic just now then. So yeah, we've obviously got the list and play uh, rule, which is coming into effect um, as of the start of the new game week, uh, April 25th. So, um, you will not be able to include a card in your SO5 lineup and simultaneously list it on the marketplace as well um, or include it for a trade offer. Um, if you do that, basically, the uh, it will invalidate your lineup and it won't be eligible. Um, now, that to me um, is bonkers. Once you've closed your game week with your team in it, They are now basically saying, if you then sell a player who's in that team, your team will be forfeited from the game week. So, in theory, you could be winning something, not notice that you've put it in. It will give you warnings. Apparently, according to Dan, it was going to give two warnings um, that it's going to remove your team. Um, But you could basically have your team completely invalidated by selling one of those cards. Now, that might not seem like a big deal. Some people have, you know, there's been different views on it. Mostly it's been negative. And um, there are folk that are saying, yeah, but you should own the players that you're playing. And I could get that, understand that. Um, But I did own them when I put the team in. <laughs> um, yeah. And ultimately, this is, you know, own your game. And it's, you know, I, I'm now not able to dispose of cards in the way that I want. Now, for me, Russ, this is one of these things. See, when you see a player that's got 100 points, if you go and look at the marketplace, you'll probably see two or three of them quickly disappear off the market. Now, that is going to hinder people being able to, with small galleries in particular, these are the ones that it's hitting the most, in my opinion. It's not so much hitting the big guys. It's hitting the ones who are running with, you know, a gallery of maybe 10 cards. You're now going to be limited as to when you could sell those cards. You're only going to have, what, the the midweek period to sell those cards, for example. The players aren't playing. If your players aren't playing, um, so you're is severely hindering the guys that are needing to pl- get players in and out and wanting to, you know, be able to get a game every game week or every weekend. Um, now they're not going to be able to do that unless they fork out more money. Um, so for me, it's it's a big negative. Um, I am hoping that, you know, maybe they would have taken a step back and looked at the vitriol that came their way, um, because there was a lot of it. Um, because it's something that just doesn't seem to make a great deal of sense to me um, what was your opinion on it Russ? I'm guessing you're going to be on the same, the same page yeah. as me well on that one. It was one of the
1: things that you know out of all the sort of communications and announcements and things that have come over the last couple of weeks that's the that's the one that prompted me kind of to it's probably to pipe up again uh, on social media um, yeah I just I can't get my head around it it doesn't I c I can't see who this who this really benefits because like you, if you're one of the smaller accounts that maybe runs with, I don't know, say 12, 12 rare cards, something like that. Let's just use that as an example. And you've got your team's in, and like that, you've got two or three two or three players that you've taken a you've taken a chance on. You're trying to learn the game and you're trying to learn how to trade and to make money on cards to improve and progress your gallery, which we're constantly on about progression. Um, within the community and within from surre themselves for me this stops progression because in that instance like you see where there's a card that maybe scores a hundred points so a prime example uh, one of the guys from the sort of the football coaching that that i do he plays the game via you know he got involved via me um he plays the game, has, I think, I want to say about 20, maybe 30 limited cards. And I think he's got about eight rares. And he got himself a plain goalkeeper so that he could try and contest the threshold. And last week, for example, he wasn't 100% sure, but I was like, oh, did you see that your, you know, your midfielder got 100 points and you got over the threshold? And he was like, yeah, yeah, do you think I should sell him? So, you know, you're looking and thinking, right, that's his maybe chance to make a 20 quid card. It was the, the lad uh, Watanabe, Japanese player, mm-hmm. scored 100 points last weekend. And that might have been his chance to sell a card, a rare card from, say, 20 quid, and maybe get 50 for it. Yes. Now, the chances are he will reinvest that in his gallery. He may buy a card from the rare. He may buy a card from me, you, or any of the other thousands of people who have got cards listed. That benefits the ecosystem. In the same way that, you know, Number two goalkeeper, not being seen, you know, since he's been locked in the abyss. Number one goalkeeper gets injured. Number two goalkeepers have next to no value, but there's also maybe one or two listed in Sarir's auctions. All of a sudden, keeper increases in value massively. Sarir get a kicker because their auctions actually sell for a decent amount of money. The marketplace gets a kick because the goalkeeper that was worth 20, you know, maybe say 0025 He's a number two, he's not been seen, he's had no next to no value, but he's going to be in the sticks for the next three or four games. So boys look and go, I could maybe buy him cheap and try and contest the thresholds. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. That's opportunist, you know? Um, so the, the first guy sells him at probably the lowest amount and kicks himself that he's got him listed. But then that has a, a snowball effect. And then, it, you know, the next one sells at 30, 40, 50, and then maybe it, it'll reach a peak, as they always do. But generally, what, what it does is it stimulates the market. Yeah. If that doesn't happen now, and for example, I've got my card listed, and I'm maybe not say say someone like me. I've got Jimmy Jimmy Maurer at Dallas, yeah, who's not seen sort of the light of day since they got a uh, obviously got a new keeper in. Now, in truth, I might have him listed. He's probably worth I don't know. I'm just purely off the top of my head. Say zero point zero three ETH at the moment. I might have him listed for 0.049. I'm not going to have him listed at the minimum because I don't want it to be the first to sell if, for example, I did an injury did happen. But I also might be the point that I'm not relying on his number one keeper and I'd be quite happy just to make a profit because I've got maybe a, a mid-sized gallery. So I'm happy to make a profit, happy for somebody else to get the benefit of getting him for maybe three or four games that he gets in. Then lots of parties win. And the bigger, you know, the bigger accounts aren't so precious on making huge profit on all, you know, on every single sale. Because like that, all I would have done is I would just reinvest that in the ecosystem. So by this now happening, I might have a second thought. You know, I'm, I'm getting a notification on the screen, according, you know, looking here. I've got him in a lineup. It's probably a dead lineup. You know, it's probably a rare pro or something I've put him in. But he happens to play like what happened with Ozzy uh, Um, the the Austrian team. Uh, The boy Oswald didn't play. Yeah, yeah. He came in for two games. Yeah. I was more than happy to sell him for roughly what I'd paid for him. Yeah, even though he might be an under-23 keeper that starts with a new club that might be worth three, four times the amount, somebody could have maybe got the benefit of that. I was happy with the sale price. But if this this rule had been in place, I would maybe second-thought it. You know, and that would maybe prevent the sale and that could possibly have a knock-on effect. So, yeah, it, I can't find a positive with it. I, I genuinely don't think it will raise the 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 rare market. Uh, certainly, I don't think it will raise the limited market just purely because of the volume of cards. But the rare market, can can you see it raising it? Or can have you got any sort of thoughts around it? Uh, no, well, there was a theory that was put forward. Obviously, this is
0: going to be, this is one of the ways of trying to stimulate the prices because there's not going to be as many things on the market at once, which I could see the point coming from that. But... At the moment, the way things have been running, when the game week closes on a Friday afternoon, within five minutes, there's cheaper cards go up because boys are trying to punt them on now to go and build for next week and things like that. Yeah. That's the way people have played the game. But now what they're going to do is instead of doing it on Friday morning, they're just going to do it on or Friday afternoon, they're just going to do it on Tuesday afternoon. It, all it is is delaying when that big sell-off happens. I don't see it making any difference whatsoever to the to boosting the prices. All it's going to do is shift when things are listed up on the market. Now, for the smaller player, I think it's really bad news because, as we say, if you want to shift in and out, if you're a guy who's just got, you know, 10 cards and it's from your own team and you're happy to put them out every week, happy days, no problem. It's not really going to affect you. If you're needing to get players in and out to get new guys in for the next game week, then it's a problem. Um, so that's that's where I see it. I don't really see... A benefit from it now obviously you can get involved in debates on twitter but it's it's so hard to put context and tone to that kind of thing and also you're, you're captain how many you know how many characters you could put into it so this is where i'm going to genuinely try and voice it on this one i think it's terrible i think it's an awful 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 decision i, I don't see any benefit to it and um i mean somebody also said you know is it maybe a way of trying to You know, decrease the number of people doing loans and things like that. Maybe it is, but why should ninety-five or ninety-six or ninety-seven percent of the market be penalised for that? Uh, All it means is Friday to Friday to Tuesday. I can't trade. Mm -hmm. I can't trade. I can't do anything. I can only then try and sell my players on from Tuesday afternoon onwards. Um, You know, unless obviously, as you say, if I've completely missed the threshold, for example. I, it's fine to bung my players up and have my team avoided because I'm not going to have it. So you know you have got that. If you're winning a prize, you're going to have you know you are going to have to wait. It's it just doesn't seem to have any great logic to it. It's not anything that was even hinted at. Um, I don't know where this is where there's been a need for something like this. It's not been hinted at. It wasn't in any of the roadmap details, anything like that. It's purely something new. And it was like seriously, what what is this? What what is the thought process behind that? Where it, it, is there consultation done on? any of these things at different levels, not just your you know your 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 top bum chum at the top end of the you know the food chain you're asking him about how it'll affect somebody with ten thousand players in their gallery or a thousand players in their gallery no it's going to impact the guys that have got 10 to 20 cards in their gallery or five to ten cards in their gallery and it may well put people off because now they're like well actually now i'm stuck in a hole with these cards and i can't make moves i've only got a limited period of time not everybody lives on the you know, the, the app, like maybe me or you do, or certainly me because mm-hmm. of my job. Um, so they can't be on the Surayer site all the time. They can't do it. Um, so they can, they've they only got a limited window where they can buy and sell. Now they've maybe had that taken away from them. So I don't see it being a positive. I really, really don't see it being a positive. All it does is it shifts when everybody lists everything from Friday afternoon to Tuesday afternoon. That's it. And And you're... You're limiting your marketplace, um, and I just don't see that making any sense at all. Um,
1: yeah, it's, it's like closing. It's it's like it's almost like giving your your shop a closure, isn't it? At the weekend, you know, where you've got maybe the most the most football. What's every What's everybody doing on Saturday and Sunday that has followed football? Guess what? They're either at a game or they're watching it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Everybody that plays Soraya, is—you can see it through the community. Um, you know, there's been so many positive stories about watching the J League for the first time, watching the MLS, got a new team, got—you know—went and got a mystery kit or got a kit for this club uh, because purely through Soraya, That's all brilliant and that's all um, great in relation to exposure. Um, you know, clubs getting exposure, players getting exposure. It's great for marketing. It's all feel good. Um, you know, you couple it with people taking trips. There's been loads of guys in the community that went to, you know, Germany or Italy or, you know, France to see guys, you know, that are in the Serie teams and things and stuff. But it boils down to that effectively, wait a minute, the football's on and, and now can't really sell the player. What, what happens if you're sitting waiting on a player on a Monday night? So, say for example, I'm sitting with, you know, under 23s. I'm sitting on, I don't know, 280 points. And I know that maybe one of my one of my players scores a 100. I'm going to take, you know, a top 20 or, a you know, a top 50 position. And I'm going to get a good card. But then I get a good offer for the player as he's scoring. Do I sit? Do I have to hold? Do I have to wait till Monday? You know, the, let's be honest, the purchaser's not going to wait. Because we all know now that in the trading, you, you can basically even miss... Um, trades and offers if you're off the platform for four to six hours you know guys just aren't patient enough so yeah. for me completely completely hinders the market and it's almost like guess what we've put the shutters up temporarily yeah. on the shop uh, we'll be back back on Monday well guess what the desirability is also gone yeah
0: yeah and it does and it'll impact the price you know the 100 the, the guy that scored a 100 people buy that in the moment you know, yeah, you totally. see it, if you see it on Tuesday, you're not really as interested as you would have been on Friday afternoon or Saturday night or whatever it might be. So, yeah, don't see a positive um, at all. And I haven't really seen anything else, to be honest. I stay out with Discord other than where I went to ask that question to Dan um, to try and try to get a bit of clarity on it and was just shocked at the answer, to be honest. Is. So not a positive on that one for me, guys, but... What has been a positive, Russ, let's just, um, you know, we've kind of touched on quite a lot of serious stuff. Obviously, it's our first episode back, so I think we should finish off with our traditional look at the Scottish Leagues. Um, Obviously, the split has just happened as of yesterday. I mean, there's a game away to kick off in 25 minutes. By the time people hear this, the Aberdeen Rangers game will have been played. But we are looking at the split now and... We know who's in the top six, who's in the bottom six. I've had, I don't know about you, Russ, you probably will have had it more than me because obviously you've been Scotland Serea. I've had about, I don't know, just about a dozen questions. Is that the Scottish League finished? There's no more fixtures and things like that. (laughs) And I just look at it and I, do you know what? The first couple, I'm like, oh yeah, don't worry. You know, the new fixtures will be out Monday afternoon, blah, blah, blah. But then I get frustrated because I'm like, basic fucking research. You know, put your question you've sent me into Google and you will get the answer. You know, Mm. it's one of these, eh? So you do get a wee bit frustrated when you look at it and you're like, honestly, just a simple bit of research. But nonetheless, guys, yes, there's five games left in Scotland. The top six will all play each other uh, one more time and the bottom six will all play each other one more time. So five more games to the end of the season. Fixtures Monday afternoon, I believe. Um, Don't have a set time on that. It's the SPFL. Could be any time. Um, so long as they they, they wait the fixtures correctly for Celtic and Rangers, the rest of us will just manage. So we are sitting. Russ obviously, uh, Hibbs and Saint Mirren managed to the clinch their place in the top six yesterday. Um, your team Dundee United beating Livingston denied them a chance to get into the top six because all three of the teams failed to win <laughs> in, mm-hmm. in must win games. They all <laughs> failed to win. Uh, the only team that picked up a point was Hibbs. So uh, yeah, that was that was quite something. But more importantly for you, I guess, bottom of the league sides, uh, Ross County now adrift by four points at the bottom, which is, I think, roughly what Dundee were at that point last season split. Um, and obviously, I was the eternal optimist that we would get out of that, and obviously, we didn't. Um, but we're now lo- we're now looking at a situation where it looked like Motherwell were away and safe. But now, because Dundee United and Kilmarnock have both suddenly picked up results... We're looking at a point where there is six points covering Motherwell, St Johnston, Dundee United and Kilmarnock. So first and foremost, you must have a wee bit of a stoner um, about no longer being in one of those relegation places, but um, it suddenly got exciting. There's suddenly much more teams in the mix.
1: Yeah, um, I think I've mentioned a few times, obviously on previous pods, uh, much to your probing, but I have always said that I thought United would be okay um, I'm going. I'm
0: going to interject on that one, Russ. I'm going to interject until on that
1: they got to until there was a point where they were at twenty two points. Right?
0: Well, no, I'm. I'm going to still interject on that one though. Um, without changing the manager, you boys were fucked. Simple as that. And obviously that you were you were destined to go down. Now you've picked up three wins on the bounce, which has taken you from those twenty two points to thirty one, and yeah. that has been massive. You know, if Dundee could have done the same thing last season, we'd have been out the mix as well, but we didn't. So that that is massive. Um I I yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna buy that they were you always felt they were going to be safe because at that point when they were sitting with, you know, well, Liam Fox as the manager, they were as doomed as the Fox that was in the Bobby Cox. So
1: I think I think what we, we realized was then I, I always had complete faith that Liam Fox was on board as the United Manager then and I thought they would change it. I'm glad they changed it. Um just immediate observations based on why I think United will be safe. We look, I've been to see them twice in the last month, um, both at home, and the team looks a lot fitter. It looks a lot better organised. Um, we've made some big decisions in the fact that initially we've had, um, Mulgrew was dropped and injured, and then Ryan Edwards, the, the club captain, was also dropped. Uh, Loic, a that's on loan from Huddersfield town, um, I thought, in truth, it, and it probably was in truth, uh, an element of a, a panic, deadline, last-minute loan day, uh, loan signing. It was a case of having something through the door rather than nothing. However, the last two three games, he's actually looked superb. Um, I've added him to the gallery, only in limited format at the moment. But um, I'm aware that he is on loan, hence the reason for not going for the rear or anything yet. But as a as a team, we look more of a team. I like the way that Jim Goodwin carries himself, uh, both in all these media. Uh, I tend to actually find myself, rather than avoiding uh, the previous manager's media, uh, I tend to find myself looking for Jim's stuff and to see what he's got to say. He's very down to earth. find him uh, optimistic, but also pragmatic and quite sensible in his approach to everything. He's a realist as well, which I like. Uh, hand on heart I would give him the job right now regardless of the division that we would be in if of course he's prepared to manage in the Championship should that be fate befall us um, but yeah I, I just see a, a massive change three wins in a row um, for us is something that I just didn't sort of foresee coming either. Ross County like we've just mentioned um, they seem to be in a little bit of trouble. St Johnston as well obviously have been on a bit of a downward trajectory as well yeah. So you now, did yeah. mention, you did mention at the start of the season before. Up you obviously you changed your mind when they went on a on a quite rightly so when they went on a bit of a run. But you did think that St Johnston would go down at the start of the season. For me now, and I know that all the teams have got to play each other, and I'm not naive enough to know that there won't be some twists and turns with it being Scottish football. But I think Ross County will automatically go down. Um, I think that. Kilmarnock or St Johnston will occupy 11th I think we'll just scrape 10th I, I, I don't I don't see us really climbing any higher I think we'll pick up points but I think the other teams around us will as well um, so I think yeah it's going to be a close shave for us but just I suppose purely from a surreal perspective to reflect that you've got a couple of keepers in the game now that are you know, obviously precarious and Ross Laidlaw and Samuel Walker who I think was out of contract anyway for Kilmarnock and um, the St. Johnson Keeper, to my knowledge, uh, Remy Matthews isn't in the game yet. I don't know if you've no, he's him. still in, he's he on loan it. as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's on loan from Palace, isn't he? So, um, yeah, there's a few things obviously to factor. You do notice a lot in the traders' galleries, uh, you know, Pavel and Rov and the new one, uh, the the bot, uh, Sir Hiss. Sir Hiss. What a great which name, by the way.
0: That's Hiss from uh, Robin Hood, the Disney uh, film, which is my uh. My f- favorite from a kid. Um, he was the oh, right. the guy going about with. Uh, was it Prince? I no, wasn't Prince John. It's the uh, the evil tiger version of the the prince that was the the prick basically. All right,
1: okay. I think they called him
0: the not... antagonist rather than the prick, but nonetheless.
1: I've not I've not seen that one, Chris. But um, it's my yeah, Just
0: what what <laughs> you've never seen the Robin Hood Disney film?
1: No, no, I don't yeah.
0: think so. I'm I'm fucking ending this podcast.
1: You're flabbergasted. i um, Let's yeah, go man. back
0: on. Let's go back but... on hiatus.
1: Was that your, that was your PG version? You're flabbergasted. Um, however, long, long long story short, there basically, um, I think there's obviously been quite a lot of people are now getting a little bit nervous around the Ross County Kilmarnock cards. You see them in the, the traders' galleries and things. I certainly wouldn't be looking to to pick them up as a bargain. Uh, but yeah, that's obviously the the top division for me. And before we get your thoughts, um, there's the division underneath which your beloved Dundee are in. Um, mm-hmm. It's now a, it now really is a. A two-horse race for the actual the automatic spot. Um, you've got Cove fighting for your life, uh, fighting for their lives to stay in the division. Um, that have got you guys next. I honestly think that the title will go down the end, the the, the last day of the season. I know you think differently. I think um, Cove might put up more of a battle at Dens than you'd probably hope. Um, and yeah, then obviously, I-, I I can see Morton. Um, I can see Morton just not not. I just don't think it's going to happen for Morton against Queens Park. I think they're going to totally up it with it being their last chance. And my hope is that it goes to the last game of the season. So that's my thoughts. What's yours? Um, we will still win the league. Um, that's,
0: that's obviously my thoughts, but we're um, yeah we're doing our best not to. But yesterday, in you know, looking at the teams, yesterday was our hardest game up in Inverness. It's a bogey place. We never do well there. We only won for the first time there back in December. Um, silly goal to give away yesterday, but nonetheless, we're still a point clear with two games to go. We've got the bottom of the league side Friday night. Um, win that, we go four points clear. And Queen's Park have to go to, uh, to, to Morton. And Morton had a big win yesterday, they're now only two points outside. They have to win to try and get into the top uh playoff places. Um, Queen's Park have really shit the bed. I don't. I am. I think we by by Saturday afternoon we'll be champions, and even if they they pick up, say they pick up a draw with Morton and we've won, they will be three points behind, and we've got a plus, We'll have at least a plus eleven goal difference on them, so they'd have to beat us by five or six goals, and again that's not going to happen either. So
1: what about
0: 10-2? yeah. Well, Dougie Emery is uh, involved with with Morton, so hopefully mm-hmm. that that wouldn't be the case. Can't believe he liked that tweet as well. That was quite funny. Um, but yeah, no, we're I I do think we're in ascendancy, but what people have been asking is, is it worth picking up some of the Dundee players? And my simple answer is we have one player in contract for next season and he doesn't have a card in the game. So no, it's 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 not. Um because we don't know who's still going to be there. Um so It'd be buy at your own risk. There are players that I would like to buy. There's, you know, players that, you know, aren't in the game um, that I would pick up. Um, but, yeah, quite honestly, there isn't enough, uh, you know, until we know what division we're going to be in, you don't know what players you're going to have. So, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't be picking those cards up just yet. Um, and one of the big ones was people asking about the goalkeeper. I mean, Adam Lesden's is 36, 37. So do I see him maybe coming up with us? Possibly. Um, but again, you're you are sitting looking and if nobody's under contract, you don't know where they're going to be. So I I probably wouldn't touch wouldn't touch them for another few weeks until you start seeing some more news. But that's PowerPoint.
1: that
0: yeah, I, I do think I do think we'll come up with us. I don't I don't see it otherwise. And, and um, the top league? Sorry? And the top league? The top league, I do think Kilmarnock were abysmal against Celtic last week. Absolutely atrocious. They could have been six or seven down before they got a goal back. And I thought they were the ones that were destined to be doomed. But then County, who I think on paper are a better team than Kilmarnock, go to Hearts yesterday and concede six. And it could have been ten again. Yeah. yeah totally. Um. So... Yeah, it's it's all a play for at the bottom. I do think the two serious danger teams now are Ross County and St Johnston, bizarrely. I don't, you know, I, I still, obviously United and Kilmarnock are in the mix there as well. I think the automatic place now will probably be occupied by Ross County. And then it's between those three teams for for the second place, um, for, for second bottom. And obviously, as much as I'd love to see it be done to United, out of those three teams, they're the strongest on paper, they're the strongest team. And I haven't read what Jim Goodwin's had to, had to say on things. And I do, I drive past their their so-called um, performance centre, um, which is actually a uh, university park. Um, I always get a giggle at that because they try to Americanise it all and it was just ridiculous. But I drive past there every day um, after my school run. So I see the players getting put through their paces. And I did see a lot of kind of what looked like pre-season sprints and training going on. Um, and I've seen Jim Goodwin come out in the press today or yesterday afternoon but it's in today's stuff saying that we've had to basically give the players uh, a pre-season in the season to get them fit and that was one yeah. of the big complaints I've seen a lot of United fans on the pages because I've, I've, I follow them for a, for a laugh more than anything the meltdowns are tremendous um, but the uh, a lot of people were saying they just don't look fit so he comes in he's got them fit and suddenly, lo and behold, they start to get results. Imagine that. Imagine have uh, well-trained players actually getting results. Eh? So, um, yeah, I think, you know, from, you know, momentum at this time of the season is massive. Um, Neil McCann kept saying about how, the you know, psychological advantages at this time of the season are massive. And I think United probably have that. So, Yeah, I think United will be safe and anybody who has managed to pick up one of those uh, Birigiti cards if it hasn't fallen out of your hands because he likes to do that kind of thing um, I think you've you've probably bought well Um, because I think he'll still be there as the number one next season because I think they've invested too much in him uh, to to be otherwise unless he decides to go back to Oz Um, So yeah, if you've picked him up for around about the 100 quid that he was down at I think you've probably done quite well to be fair I did that yeah, he did. You did. I did. I did it previously, but it was for a lot yeah, more it. than fucking a hundred quid. Uh, and thankfully, I got out on what I got in him, so it wasn't too bad. But, but nonetheless, I'm quite happy with my my, my big Trev, um, penalty saving Trev. Say we couldn't save anything yesterday. But nonetheless, I've got nothing else to address. We've kind of we're going to have to piece this together. It's been a a, a lengthy return podcast for us. Um, but thanks to everybody. It just goes to show that we do have loyal listeners. We do have people who really care about what we actually have to say because we do, as you say, Russ, we kind of probably represent a lot of those guys at the lower the lower level. It's, you know, the voice of the, the commoner uh, or the common man. Um, so, uh, you know, thank you to everybody who has kind of spurred us to get back into the saddle and get back on with the podcast for the boys to be back in town. Um, although I was not comparing us to some sort of, you know, Manchester crime gang. Uh, maybe be a crime to society if we had to put out the video right enough, but that's going to be a completely different crime altogether. Russ, have you anything else you want to add before we we sign off?
1: Just on the topic of crime, that's oh. just looking at you here, obviously on this uh, recording. How much you look like the guy from Breaking Bad,
0: Walter White? I don't know his name. I've, I've not, watched, what, I've not watched. the name one, but I don't even have. He's got a goatee for starters. Um, I haven't shaved my head into the wood. It's close. I mean, it's close. You do look a bit it's like. Not, him. It's not into the wood. Um, we we'll let the listeners decide. I probably, In fairness, I probably would. I probably would do something like that if I was uh, at the end and I was able to make money to leave it. Um, although I probably wouldn't go to the extent that he did. It's one of my favourite TV programmes of all time. I think I've not watched it yet. I think it's the, it's the best TV series of all time until the spin-off came out for uh, Better Call Saul and that rivals it. It rivals it so bad, but the yeah no Breaking Bad is my all time favourite. Seen it from start to finish, maybe four or five times. Phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, But nonetheless, guys, take care. We will be back two weeks time, Russ. Two weeks time. uh, Yep. So if anything breaks between now and then, we will we will try and reconvene for a for a a bonus or a short a short forum podcast. Um, But with that, take care, guys, and we will speak to you all again soon.